Welcome to the Dev Ready Podcast, where we're helping non-techs build better tech. Today, I've got the pleasure of having Monica Rosenfeld on. Welcome, Monica. She Thank is you. the founder of Global Stories. That's the movement. That's right. <laughs> um, do you want to just tell the audience, I'll let you describe what you're doing a little bit about yourself, because I'll never do that justice, so I'll let you take that. Sure, sure. Okay, so as you mentioned, um, I have created a movement called the Global Stories That Stir Movement, um, and it, it consists of a few different elements, but the core part of it is I run monthly storytelling events, which started off in Sydney, whereby six people share a raw and personal story linked to a theme. And themes are usually big, juicy words, like some of the themes we've had are freedom, expectation, hope, uh, intuition, transition. And essentially, we get people from all walks of life and all kinds of stories up on stage, sharing a 10-minute raw and personal story. And the concept is designed to break down barriers, stir conversation, and inspire positive change. So we've run 15 events in total so far since I've started this in February um, 2022. And I'm now licensing the concept out to different areas um, around Australia and the world. So the goal is to grow like TEDx, except instead of ideas worth spreading, it's humans connecting and healing through storytelling. And um, our our, at our Sydney events, all the stories are recorded live for the Stories That Stir podcast so that wherever you live in the world, um, you can benefit from listening to the stories. So that's that's one side of the movement. And the other side is I work with um, all kinds of businesses, helping them get clarity on their own story. So from small businesses and startups like yourselves listening to this podcast to large corporate organizations but the way I work with each is obviously very different because um, the needs of the different sizes of the organization the listeners listening when you first heard storytelling you might not have understood what Monica meant but it's more around sort of like that marketing spin and being able to project the right messaging out to your yeah, um, yeah. your user base or your, in your marketing as part of your sales and just in your general business life I guess Yes, and I should tell you a bit about my background because it's very relevant. So I ran a public relations business for 22 years. So in that time, I worked with entrepreneurial-driven businesses and startups, helping them craft and amplify their story to millions through mass media. And before that, I worked as a producer for A Current Affair on Channel 9. So essentially, um, throughout my whole entire career, I've been working with startups and small business enterprises, really helping them get clarity on their messaging. So what is it they're wanting to communicate? How to encapsulate their story that makes them completely unique from all the other competitors out there? And then really how to amplify that within your marketing so that you attract your tribe and have people banging at your door wanting to use your service or product. Yep. So is the storytelling just the way of doing that amplification and that like getting that clarity so that you can just have something that's repeatable and Yes, you got it. It's really about um knowing the story that you want to share um and then sharing that consistently. 
So, for instance, with my public relations business, whenever I got a phone call from a prospective client wanting to know more about us, the very first thing I said on the phone after I said hello (laughs) was um, I used to work at a current affair as a producer, which is where I learned how not to do PR. So a story doesn't have to be a long, convoluted, you know, 10-minute long thing. It can that that sentence pretty much summed up my story of why I'm doing PR, you know, like I worked at a current affair, a lot of, you know, and it's where I learned how not to do PR. So I started my own agency because I understand how the media works and how you need to get cut through um, with journalists to amplify your story to millions. So that was my story. And it was very consistent. Every time a prospective client called, that's what I said. And It had such an incredible impact. Just saying that firstly got them laughing because I said, you know, I learned how not to do PR and then they're like, oh, 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 oh." and and it also gave me that credibility of, you know, that I've worked for a top. I mean, it's not the highest quality TV program, but it is a a high rating TV program that everyone Everyone knows. knows So it gave it gave instant credibility and it made perfect sense why I was running this PR agency and why I was the best one to help them. So, yes, it's all about getting consistency in your messaging. But not only that, it's about creating a spark of interest. You know, how many times have you been to a networking event where people go around the table introducing themselves and by the fifth person you literally want to either fall asleep, walk out the door or pick up your phone? (laughs) So if people could only come up with, and as I said, it doesn't have to be, you know, an hour long story, encapsulate your story within two to three sentences um, and you'll have people's interest. So now my story is um, I'm the founder of the, the Global Stories That Stir movement, which I started after working in my own PR agency for 22 years. And my soul was dying a slow death. So before it completely died, I found what lit me up and it was helping people share their stories to um, inspire, motivate action and create deeper connection. So, again, when I say that and about the soul dying and everything, people are like, oh, like it's it's just a bit better and it gets people interested because I'm not saying, you know, everyone's boring, but. A lot of people haven't thought about what is the interest factor when they're either introducing themselves at an event, when they're doing that chat-chat thing at networking event, whether they're pitching to a potential client, picking up the phone to a prospective client, or even um, pitching for investors. There's so many different reasons why you want to have a sharp and interesting and consistent story as a startup or a small business if you're the one, if you want to attract your clients. And the thing is, your story will attract the clients that are attracted to you. You know, it might not resonate with everyone and that's fine. Those people can go to whoever. You don't need them. You just need the clients that are on your level, your frequency, if you like, and that are resonate or attracted to the story that you have to share i think that's something a lot of people might not realize is not every person in your target market is going to be a fit to work with you yes exactly. we tell people it's it's a partnership you have to be able to get along with the person you work with oh, not just the absolutely. person that has the best product 
Absolutely. I mean, about 15 years into my PR agency was probably 15 years too late. I decided that I'm not going to work with clients who I don't feel a really good um, feeling with, you know, and that they're not a good fit. Um, probably it probably didn't take me 15 years, maybe 10. <laughs> but when I made that decision, um, everything, my my business flowed so much easier. My days became so much more enjoyable because the clients that I was working with were really the right fit. And then I stopped trying to, you know, make a circle fit into a square hole. You know, if I had a, a meeting with a potential client and I saw there wasn't really that resonance between us or for one reason or another, maybe I wasn't the best PR agency to help them or maybe there was a conflict in values or whatever it was. I was very happy for them to go elsewhere or even to refer them to other PR agencies. And a lot of small business owners get scared about that because they've got a scarcity mindset that, yep. oh, if I don't take this on, then I'm not going to have a, the client or a client to fill that gap. But I would argue that if you if you deflect the ones that aren't the right fit, you're actually leaving space for the ones that are and your life is going to be so much more enjoyable yeah. for it and your successful will be more uh, your business will be more successful yeah it definitely runs smoother when you don't have like you're hitting your head against the wall constantly because you yeah. have clashes with the clients or from our experience it's the clients who don't respect what you do enough are the yes. ones where you have the biggest trouble like oh, they come yes. to you for assistance but they don't listen to your advice yeah yeah absolutely. that makes sense yes no totally and i'm sure everyone listening will have their own challenges with um, clients that just, you know, their client, you know, uh, grievances. <laughs> yep. But with PR, especially um, the agency I was running, you know, most people don't understand public relations. So I tried really hard to explain it and set expectations, but we became like the scapegoat for anything going wrong in, in their business um, when yep. we took on the wrong type of client. Yeah, because they expect you to be able to drive leads and sales yeah. through their door, I'm guessing, because that's what they think PR is. Yeah, Rather exactly. than having that finely crafted message that's getting the right message out as part of out, our story. Yes, and brand awareness, exactly. Yeah, so going back on to sort of like the storytelling, where you mentioned that you had the same sentence that you repeated on the phone and then you had yeah. that new version when you started the yeah. global storytelling movement. I have a variation of a story that I tell when I'm on the phone, but okay. it changes slightly every time I speak to someone. Okay. It's not consistent. Is that something that you would say that you should try and make consistent or is it, does it need to adjust based on who you're talking to and what you know uh, about them? Yeah, I guess the main thing that I think would change is sort of the length of the story and the detail that you can go into. So as long as the crux of the messaging is the same, mm -hmm. um, I think it's fine to alternate it a bit depending on who you're talking to. And like sort of the way you'd speak to a, a prospective client on the phone will be different to the way you present it um, when you're pitching for an investor um, or pitching against other, uh, other competitors for the client. So as I think as long as the main essence of that story is the same, then then it's okay. Um, and the thing is, it's part of personal branding, having that consistent story. So if we think about, you know, people we all know well, Elon Musk, Richard Branson, and other like big entrepreneurs, yep. we all know their story. You know, I think that's the proof is in the pudding that like 
they're very consistent with their story and they're very consistent with their values as well and how they show up in illustrating those values. Okay, so, yeah. so I've actually, I also, yeah, I also help um, small business owners develop their personal brand where, so storytelling is part of that, but I've got a process called the tree step process where um, we start at the roots of the tree and um, the roots of the tree keep that tree grounded and nourished. And without the roots of a tree, the minute a little bl bl bluster of wind blows, the tree falls over. So I liken the roots of the tree to your core values. So I've got a process where I help business owners come up with their top five core values, merging both their business hat and their personal hat. Then we go to the trunk of the tree, which is the expertise you want to be known for. We go to the leaves of the tree, which is how you're going to appear from a physical point of view um, so that you're memorable and it matches your core values. And then the branches of the tree is content creation. And then we take that one step further and create the fingerprint effect. And I call it that because your fingerprint is completely unique to you, as is your personal brand. Um, and it, your fingerprint is how you leave your mark. And it's with your personal brand, you leave your mark on the world. So we look at the values and your core values and your core behaviors that match that value on a conscious level. Then we look at um, the expertise you want to be known for, which you probably share with millions of competitors. So then we look at your core story um, that is the reason why you're so passionate about this expertise um, that you devote your life, your working life to pretty much. And then we look at your physical appearance, what you can make consistent, and that all becomes the fingerprint effect. Okay. <laughs> so yeah. it's a larger sort of way of looking at, at story. Um, so story is part of that, but it's really giving you the confidence, firstly, the knowledge within yourself about who you are, what you stand for, and what you want to communicate to the world out there and how you want to be perceived. And then making that conscious so that you do actually show up as that person. And next thing you know, you'll be attracting the clients you love working with. Yeah, and I'm from listening to that, and we're going through a somewhat similar process in our current business with a culture coach client that we're working with. Okay. Um, having that process and those core values identified is really sort of like the threads that you can draw into your story yes. to be able to craft it. Because unless you have that, you will just be saying something random almost or like something different every time or yeah. to a degree or you're not being very consistent and, not and having it's this the right. Yes. And it's the consistency that makes you memorable. You know, it's just like a strap line or a tagline. You know, it's if you, if you say something different every time people don't know who you are, the message just doesn't land. Whereas if you're consistent, um, so with, with our monthly storytelling events, we have three words to describe the concept. We break down barriers, stir conversation, inspire positive change. So that's that's what stories that stir events are all about. And those three words is what we put on all our marketing. It's what I talk about at every event, you know, and it's part of what people know know and remember now. Yeah. And then when you're crafting that into a story, is it more do you need sort of that, that personal fingerprint to come through or is it more do you have to separate it as the personal and the business depending yeah, no, on your position I'm guessing as the business owner i think you're a lot of the time you're inextricably linked in a way 
Um, so I've actually created a, a, a framework for coming up with this story called the Real Storytelling Framework. And Real is an acronym. Um, before I go into explaining it, what I want to say is it's really good to expose some sort of vulnerability in some way. Just just show a little bit of um, of uh, what what do you call it? Like your underbelly in a way. Like just because when you can, you know, uh, communicate a, a little bit of just a little bit. I'm not saying tell people yeah. your deep, dark, deepest darkest secrets, but um, just a little bit of your story, like even with my current affair story that I used to say, it's where I learned everything that I need to know about how not to do PR. Like that was an opportunity, but a challenge is like that conveys that working mm -hmm. there was challenging in itself, if you know what I mean. Yep. So with the real storytelling framework, so the R stands for reason. And the reason is what's your challenge or what what inspired you to start your business? What challenges did you overcome, you know, to start it? What was your inspiration? Like what is that human interest factor that led you to start your business? Um, it might have been, you know, that, you know, you had a child who had a learning difficulty and you couldn't find the right help. So you decided to start your own um, program or, I mean, there's a million different examples we could use. Then the E in the real framework is emotion. So how did that challenge make you feel? So it's all good and well to say this happened and that happened, but we really get into people's hearts by sharing our emotion. So um, it made me feel overwhelmed or, you know, like challenged or upset or whatever, whatever it was. Um, then A, what action did you take? And then that's sort of where you get into the business side of things. You know, I want mm -hmm. to make everything better. Um, and that's why I created this, whatever you're doing. And then um, legacy, what impact are you leaving? So that's sort of almost like the mission of your business. Like what, why are you here? You know, why, why are you um, running your business? It, and what's your why basically? And what, what's your goal with what's your legacy basically? Do you see that people, if they go through this process, is there any point where they sort of have to face or understand why they're actually doing what they do? Because a lot of people sort of might work on just autopilot. I know I do some days and you just forget why you're doing it. And you just yeah, do it and that's to. why it really helps to work with someone um, like myself, <laughs> bit of a promo there, um, because I help to dig out these stories that you might not even know are inside you. And I, I did that time and time again for my PR clients. You know, when when it came to creating a business press release, so a press release about the story of the business that we wanted to be out there on news.com.au and Fairfax Media and, you know, the high-profile media outlets as well as all, a lot of other ones, um, no journalist will run a business story without getting that backstory. And quite often my clients would say, I don't have an interesting story. And I'd say, yes, you do. And then I have an exercise that I take them through that. And it's really just an exercise of asking questions and digging. And then they, then they, then it, I've never, ever not come up with the golden nugget okay. that creates that beautiful story that gets um, journalists interested, potential clients interested, investors interested, you know, because of that human element that you're bringing to the, 
to the equation. Okay. Well, that, that makes sense. It's yeah. If you're not thinking about it actively, then it's just something in the back of your mind, or it's something that you know that you think is just general knowledge to everyone else, and yeah, that's why exactly. you assume and, there's nothing. Well, first, there are a few things. One, people think their life's boring, and you know they don't have a story, but that's never true. And two, as you said, people think that everyone knows this stuff, but just because you eat, live, and breathe, it means doesn't mean that everyone does. In fact probably means that a large portion of the population doesn't. <laughs> yeah, well, I, th I think we've come to that realization in our own business and whether it's, so as consultants for software, we have to understand like detail and yeah. certain things I just assume are going to get done. But if we don't write them down, the team doesn't implement them. Yeah, so It's exactly. a similar analog. Unless it's drawn out and you write it down and you take the time to think about all the things that you take for granted, yeah. someone else won't understand that. And if it's not in front of them, then they won't realize. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So with sort of the whole storytelling and you have that sort of that one, that introduction sentence or paragraph or depending on however big you want to make it, mm -hmm. how do you sort of translate that to the content that you create? So the, the branches in your tree model. Yeah. Is that yeah, correct? Yeah. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Um, well, look, it's um, that that part of it is really when you share your story. But with when it comes to content creation, um, I've got another acronym. <laughs> And, and that's the seven reasons to create content acronym because it can't all be the same, obviously, um, or, you know, people will switch off. So reasons um, stands for, so R is real life stories or case studies. Um, mm -hmm. So that's looking at clients who you've helped and you can share their story as part of that content. Um, e is the entrepre entrepreneurial backstory, which is exactly what we're talking about here, your backstory your inspiration, your challenges. A is awareness days. Um, so look, there's an awareness day for just about every topic, every day, yeah. month, and week of the year. Those um, so online seeing, resources are amazing to look at something. It's good, isn't it? And and you can hook into those and use that for content creation. S is statistics. So just looking at who else has done some research on this topic and crediting them when you write or talk about that. But um, as you're the one talking about it, you're being positioned as the expert. So, and depending on how long or short the content is, you can be bringing your story into it as well. Um, o is opinion. So it's your thought leadership around your industry. Um, N is news of the day. So if there's something that's breaking um, in the media or that everyone's talking about on social media, you leap into the conversation with your thought leadership about it or your story and last but not least it's s for snappy five tips myths and pitfalls and that's like five five ways to do something or five myths around this topic or five of the top programs to use if you want to achieve x y and z or you know that kind of yeah. thing and then as you're giving the that information you try and weave in your story i'm guessing as an intro or throughout or towards yeah exactly like and, and you don't have to put that story into every single one of those. Um, but what I, what I would do when it comes to content creation is if it's not naturally about your story, just have a little bit at the bottom. Like let's say it's a LinkedIn um, post, uh, like article or even a post. Like on my posts, I've got a little thing giving my little story around what I'm doing. So just with, again, two to three sentences encapsulating who you are, your story. Yep, um, okay. and what, what you're doing so I'm, just, I'm probing for myself here now <laughs> <laughs> because we i create a, a, a lot of the content in our business my business partner doesn't do as much so 
we either write articles and we, as an example, like we'll share things you've learned from movies mm -hmm. that you can apply to business. Yeah. Something that people may relate to. Yeah. Um, yeah. We don't do any self-promotion in that, in those sort of content yeah. at all. Just what we call educational content or yeah. sorry, entertainment content yeah. to try to get people to look at it. And then there's videos where I'm doing the tips or advice and help, yeah. but I never yeah. say I'm doing this because I'm here to help or it's, we do this because we know there's a lot of people who don't know what they don't know or whatever yeah. the story is. But I think by you putting out the content, it's that that's the beautiful thing about content creation. You don't really have to say, come to me, come to me. People yeah. will naturally because you're giving them the content. But for instance, with the movie thing that you're talking about, if there's one of the things that you can relate to and share that little story, like for instance, you know, um, I don't know what it could be like um, when the credits roll, do it quickly. I don't know if there's a if there's a story that you can relate to that. Yeah. Great. Add that in. The other thing is when you talk about tips, for instance, you can say, "Oh, we recently worked with a client who was struggling with this." So you're not saying come to us, but you're yeah. demonstrating within the story how you helped a client with this issue, mm -hmm. so that you know if someone else is, they know that you can that you can help them. Yeah. Okay. Good advice. I don't, I don't generally write make the like opinions content uh -huh. too often. Uh -huh. I don't know if that's just because I try not to upset people <laughs> if I say <laughs> something or not. But that's probably where I can then weave a lot more of that in. Yeah. Yeah. And so when it, it comes to controversial opinion, the media love that. So yeah. I always advise my client, don't come up with something controversial for the sake of it. But if you do have a controversial opinion, let's go to the media with it if you're happy to do that. Yeah. Okay. Because then it just generates a lot of noise and have the yeah. activity for you. Okay. So do you, when you're working with clients, do you just take them through that journey? And then do you find that they may struggle to keep that story going when they're in the day to day? Or is it once sort of they've under, uncovered what that story is, does it start resonating and they become living that? I think it's like with anything in marketing, once you see that it works, you're motivated to keep doing it. So it's like, you know, when you start on LinkedIn, you're like, oh, why am I doing this? Like, I feel like I'm putting in so much effort for no gain. Suddenly you get a client or two from it and you're like, LinkedIn's your best friend now and it's all you want to do. So it's a bit similar with the storytelling. Once you realize the power of it just by doing it, um, and you will, like you'll have people drawn to you, you know, you'll, you'll end up winning a client and when you've asked why, they'll say, oh, your story was so powerful and inspiring or whatever. Then, then it's something you just want to keep doing. Um, but the motivation comes from the success in using it, I think. Yeah, I, I think I tend to agree with that. So probably wrapping up soon, but with what you learned not to do from a current affair, um, do you I, have any tips for what people shouldn't be doing and then a few tips on what they could be doing instead? Yes, sure. So what not to be doing um, from a storytelling point of view, don't um, spend the first you know don't spend the first chunk of sharing your story waffling about nothing <laughs> a lot of people do that they're like bloody 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 blah and then they get into their story and suddenly everyone's interested just get straight into your story so get straight into it um and you have people listening from the get-go so that's number one number two don't just say, you know, this happened and that happened and then that happened and then that happened. I mean, imagine you're reading a book and they said, and a book was like that. And then 
the character did this and the character did that and the character did this, you wouldn't get past the first chapter. Yeah, so the, um, it really needs that narrative. It to, needs to the flow. narrative. And even better if you can bring them into the picture, like um, it was a cold, dark morning. You know, it started off like any other morning. Suddenly um, there was a crack of lightning and my roof fell off. Or, I don't know, whatever it is. But it's like people are watching a movie. They're creating pictures in their heads. And obviously that's this is relevant for a longer story when you if you're presenting something, for instance, or even pitching to investors, or obviously if it's a sentence on a phone call, you're not going to say it was a cold, dark morning. And so, and yeah. that, and I guess that's what we were saying before. You can alt, you need to alternate the style depending on the context. Yeah. Um, but they're just, they're just some of the tips. Yeah. As long as that core thread is still consistent through all the variations, then that yeah. is how you need to adjust based on who you're talking to. Okay. Exactly. Well, thank you for your time, Monica. It's been amazing having you on. And there's been so many tips and advice yeah. in this half an hour. I don't even know where the half an hour has gone. Um, <laughs> I know, so quickly. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on board. Um, where can people reach out if they would like to find more or get in touch? Um, okay, well, they can um, email me, I guess. On So my email is monica at monicarosenfeld.com. And my website is just monica at monicarosenfeld.com. So I'm a keynote speaker, but I deliver workshops and training as well. And the websites link to each other. So, yeah. Oh, perfect. And we'll put all those notes in, the, in um, into the show notes and when we put some posts out as well. well okay. Thank you so much again, Monica. It's been a pleasure thank having you. Oh, and one last thing. Um, they can follow Stories That Stir on Facebook and Instagram if they're interested in, in, the, in the events. All right. Well, hopefully we get some followers after that. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Okay, thanks very much, Anthony. Bye-bye.